Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, yes, a great Monday afternoon to everybody, a special edition of the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast live edition SP3 and myself here until right around 3 o'clock or so. Appreciate you guys uh, joining us on uh, on a day a lot of fans are celebrating the one, the only. I'm trying to do it around a microphone. It's not good. Randy Orton, 20 years. If that don't make you feel old as hell, SP3, I don't know what does. 20 years ago today, Randall Orton made his debut on the main roster in WWE. I mean, where the hell does time go? And, and first of all, whatever you think about Randy Orton, whether you consider him one of the greatest of all time, which is something we'll get into, there's something to be said for longevity. And oh, yeah. I has been a perennial main eventer for 20 years. I don't care what you think of the guy. That's unheard of. It's rarely, it's rarefied air for him, for sure. Oh, yeah. He's, he's up there in one of the defining superstars of the this era for WWE. He's, you know, he's he's had to be head, you know, shoulder to shoulder with some all time greats, whether it be his mentor, Triple H, whether it be the guy he started off in evolution with Batista. He's seen him come and go, go off to Hollywood. He's seen John Cena, who was like neck and neck with him, them running and pacing each other to the top of the industry. And now Cena has gone off to Hollywood. He's seen all these guys, like so many different generations of superstars. That's a guy that has been in the ring with Mick Foley and Ric Flair and also been in the ring with Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins and others. So, yeah, he, he has a hell of a career that he can that everyone that's a fan of him as well as him himself can be proud of. Yeah. And uh, you talk about all these people that have gone off to Hollywood. Randy Orton uh, recently said, hey, look, I'm sure Roman will be in Hollywood in a couple of years. But guess what? I'll still be here. We'll talk about Roman Reigns coming up because if it feels like there's something massive that is missing on from SmackDown, right? The last few weeks that I've watched SmackDown, uh, save for the one right after WrestleMania, I'm just sitting here and I'm going, this is okay at times, but it just feels like there's something lacking. And I think the big thing is there's no clear-cut direction for your brand-new, undisputed WWE Universal Champion. This is your top guy. The guy on Fox, the guy that they wanted so much that they decided to decimate the rest of the roster. They didn't care. They wanted him and Charlotte Flair. And right now, they don't have anything for him. So we'll talk about what the next direction for one Roman Reigns uh, should be. Some interesting news about a new WWE signing. Also happens to be an old signing. Also happens to be a guy who ain't going to wrestle for him. Apparently, Bret Hart is back with with wwe what does that mean for ftr what say that again your mic is muted there sp3 he probably won't do anything for them (laughs) not a damn thing some autograph signings alleged appearances and like car dealerships and (laughs) things like that but you know what the key word of that is lucrative so get your money but what does this mean uh for ftr also wwe thinking about bringing back the ranking system what and apparently according to our good friends over at fightful select not one but possibly two surprise returns one would be downright shocking if you haven't seen the report one and i sp3 knows which one i'm talking about downright shocking if it does happen but first things first got to thank our partners over at bet online we would not be here without them they are the continued number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info, find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, even next season's futures. Don't forget MLB back in full swing. Now, who you picking for the World Series? Better not be the Reds. They're three and thirteen. Bet Online is your consent continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Super easy to get started, guys. Head on over to the website today. Use your mobile device to join and use our promo code Believe to get started. That is B L E A V, and you will receive. Your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. And a reminder, guys, that we are 
live today. So make sure, make sure to get your comments in, get your questions in. Uh, we will uh, be answering those uh, throughout the day. And yes, Chase, uh, Brett is definitely going to be uh, collecting uh, that check uh, for sure. So uh, guys, get uh, get your comments in. But let's start here, SP3. With the man of the day, he's been everywhere. He's been all over social media. He had an interview on the bump. Everybody's talking about uh, Randy Orton and, you know, their, their their greatest moments. And Jeremy and I kind of touched that on, on uh, Wednesday's show about what we believe to be, you know, some of his greater moments in his career, at least favorites of ours. So I wanted to give you kind of this time to to talk about Randy Orton, you know, whether or not to be his his legacy. He's gone from certified legend killer to a legend in his own right at this point. Um, but, you know, you when people talk about the greatest of all time, it seems like they rarely ever bring up Randy Orton. Why do you think that is? Because Randy Orton, I mean, he doesn't, he didn't reach like the same level of star power that, that John Cena did, who is like his kind of his modern day contemporary. Uh, he doesn't go, he didn't go off to like Hollywood, like Batista did. They didn't even do the evolution, him leaving evolution storyline as well as they did Batista. So I think that the reason why he doesn't get talked of as like, you know, the greatest of all time, like John Cena has, is because he had to run next to Cena. It's similar thing to to Triple H and why Triple H is is not seen at that same level of The Rock and Stone Cold. When you're going next, when you're running like side by side with one of the all-time greats, it's whoever's going to pass that line first. And Cena passed that line first. He reached, he was the man. He was the 16-time champion. He's the guy that's now crossed over into Hollywood and he will be considered in the same names of Hogan and Austin and The Rock, while Orton won't really do that, but Orton deserves that for the longevity because I think he's he has a similar career or will have a similar career, similar to the nature boy Ric Flair, one of his other mentors, where Flair had that longevity and a lot of people consider him the GOAT, you know, years after his career is done or years after the end of his prime was because he was around for 30 years and he was on top and a main eventer for almost all of those years. You know, he eventually, you know, got to the 16 time world champion, but at this time that he was running and in his prime, people always viewed Hogan as a bigger star than him. So I think that he's a victim of circumstance and a victim of the guy that he had to run side by side with. Um, Jeremy and I, when we broke down our, our favorite moments, I always talked about at the time, because I was such a mark for for Christian back in 2011, I didn't really appreciate that rivalry for what it was because I thought they were doing my boy Christian dirty. Uh, but you know, you look back on it now, you know, knowing the business a little bit better, I'm I'm able to appreciate uh, that feud and especially that match that they had at SummerSlam as one of my all time favorite uh, Randy Orton moments, favorite Randy Orton matches. Um, obviously, Mick Foley, that match with him, that's a lot. That's one that a lot of people bring up. He's had historic rivalries with pretty much. Damn near every legend you could think of, hence why they call him the legend killer. Um, if you look back over the last 20 years, is there one kind of match or one kind of moment or any kind of thing that really kind of sticks out for you? Well, check out WrestleTalk.com. I released a new article, the top 10 best Randy Orton matches of all time. And whenever I think of, you know, yeah, I, I was I was like uh, Chase. I, I hated I, at the time because I was a big Christian fan as well. Edge and Christian is my all time favorite tag team. Uh, I hated that that whole Orton and Christian yeah. feud because I was like Orton should obviously be the heel here because he got he got given a title shot for no reason that he didn't earn. He beats Christian just a couple of days after he won the world yeah. championship, had the emotional moment with Edge at Extreme Rules 2011, yep. and then they painted Christian out to be a whiner and a guy that came up with excuses so he had to become the heel but their matches were incredible and for my article on WrestleTalk.com I had to re-watch a couple of them I love their SummerSlam uh, blow off and that's the one that a lot of people will mention because it was the end really the end of their feud they did have a cage match on Smackdown after that that really ended the feud but that was like the feud ender on pay-per-view but I, I rewatched this match recently for the article. Go out of your way to watch Christian versus Randy Orton from Over the Limit 2011. This was them at their like, 
pure wrestling best. Like these two guys had tremendous chemistry together and their matches just flowed so nicely. But I feel like the the other matches they had, you know, with the with the match where Orton wins the world championship, you know, you kind of have that bitter taste in your mouth if you're a Christian fan because how short the reign was. And then his matches, their matches at like Capital Punishment had a wonky finish, you know, the wonky finish at Money in the Bank, which made sense for the characters involved. But this was them both baby faces just trading hold for hold, reversals to the yin yang, some great near falls that these fans were biting on. So it's a tremendous matchup that everyone and everyone should go out of their way to see. I did make my list for the top 10 best Randy Orton matches. I did have a few, a few, just a few matches ahead of it, but it definitely makes the list of like the top five best Randy Orton matches that he's ever had. If you guys got a favorite uh, Randy Orton match, like again, like Chase saying, hey, guys, chime, uh, we love Chase's appreciation here of Randy Orton, but if you guys got more, feel free to get any. He said, yes, the Overlimit match uh, was my favorite. I was even there uh, live for it, uh, you know, at SummerSlam, but the, still that Over the Limit match was uh, absolutely just insane. And again, this was much like USP3. I was so dang mad when they took the belt off of Christian after two, because I'm like, dude, that was such the perfect moment. For, for Christian to win that ladder match with the help of Edge, and they had that, they just panned down at Edge as he's like running his hands through his hair and tears in his eyes as he watches his best friend win a ch world championship that he never thought was going to happen. And I'm like, oh man, this is finally cool. They're going to give Christian his run. Nope, done two days later. It made me hate Randy Orton. And then they turned Christian heel, and I'm like, what are you doing? But again, I think that's one of those things like the work was so brilliant between both of those guys that while it left a sour taste in a lot of Christians fans mouths and maybe even a lot of Randy Orton's fans mouths at the time, it's aged like a fine wine, right? And that there are some feuds that just don't hold up to today's standards and we could spend a whole hour talking about those. But this one is one that just absolutely gets better uh, with time. So I do suggest that the same you go back and you watch those matches because they were absolutely brilliant. But all of that said, we could go back all the way to the evolution and the, the legend killer stage and this, that, and the other thing. I got a hard time remembering a time when I truly actually enjoyed watching Randy Orton perform more than I am right now. Right this moment, this run that he's been having with Matt Riddle, where he's got the 20 years experience, but he's also got like this mindset of like he almost appreciates it more. And he appreciates the audience and he knows how to work with them more. And he knows how to feed off of the audience more. And he looks like he is having the absolute time of his life. So that said, SP3, all that two decades, his career spans in WWE. Has Orton never been better than he is right now? Yeah, 100% he has. Um, 2009 was the best heel work that I've ever seen. Even my daughter agrees in the background here. Uh, it was the best heel character that has been in the company in quite some time outside of like Edge in like 2006. Um, I don't agree with that statement. I think that I, I've said I said this statement on Twitter. I've never seen a a feud have as many matches as Orton and Cena, and not have a not have a one true classic that I would say is in the top five for either man's career. I don't think any of their matches are in their top five best matches, and they had like a dozen. But Randy Orton, like I said, 2009, he was at his heel best. 2011 in the ring with Christian was tremendous. So I say those two runs are a little bit better than right now. But this is the run that he's having the most fun. So yes. if you can have the most fun and you're the happiest, then that's the best for you. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I'm, I'm, I'm going off of here. It's like, yes, I can appreciate the work that Randy Orton has done. And I think Randy Orton, what makes him so special as a performer is that he just does all the little things correctly. And it was so, it was so educational to watch him with Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? Where he's talking about savoring the moment and playing with the, the audience. And he's talking about looking up as he's climbing the ladder to win those two world championships. And he's sitting there going, look, those, those are mine already. I know it but I'm savoring the moment. I'm playing with the audience. I'm soaking all of it in. I'm enjoying everything. And again, the, the facial expressions, getting all the little moves, right? He is a tactician about doing all the little things, right? That make him such a great superstar. And the thing that I love about him right now is that he is 
you know, he's definitely reached that veteran, that legend status now. And he's starting to work and trying to put over some of the younger guys, which is why he's really helping put over Matt Riddle with this whole RK bro thing. And eventually when they do do their feud, which I think is coming sooner rather than later, I think he's going to go out of his way to kind of put Matt Riddle over as well. But for me, I'm going to say, yeah, right now, based off of the criteria of this is the most fun I've ever had watching Randy Orton work. And it looks like this is the most fun he's ever had while he's been working. It's it's hard now. Again, my this might be recency bias from me, obviously, but I'm gonna go ahead and say yeah. And I wouldn't be I would not be uh, mad if this Randy Orton got a shot at holding a world championship, which we'll get to coming up here uh, in the five count. Real quick though, guys, this is the final week. It is the final week for our special running all through the month of April for Manscape.com. Save twenty percent. Get free shipping. Hop on that right now. Use our promo code BLEAVPW, 20% off, free shipping. Uh, guys, seriously, uh, Sid and I got some uh, some little gifts from Manscaped uh, for, for this promo that we're running all month long. Guys, this is, this is next level stuff. I'm telling you, it is an absolute game changer as far as grooming is concerned. I've never had a problem with pulling Indeed. anything like that. Seriously, it's good stuff. Check it out. Definitely, definitely check that out. Uh, all month long, we got the, this promo code again. Believe PW, 20% off free shipping. Hop on that as soon as possible. You are not going to want to miss out on this special deal. SP3, let's dive into the five count, shall we? Let's do it. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. Chase also, uh, who, by the way, is a huge Randy Orton fan, if you couldn't tell by the chat, just lighting it up. Uh, says this is his uh, third favorite run uh, for Randy Orton right now. Uh, the one uh, with his uh, authority run where he got out of the slump uh, of weird feuds. Two is his uh, legend killer run, which has made him a fan, which is honestly like if he's going to be like putting people over here soon, I would love kind of like a run where he's got like all these scrappy young dudes who are trying to come in and make a name for themselves by trying to take out the legend killer who has now become a legend. Like, I think that's a story that kind of writes itself. And I would love to see that kind of play out on TV towards the latter end of his years. But this is a guy who's got a lot of years left in him. He's kept himself in great shape. Obviously he wants to go. I think he said he wants to go to 50. Is that when he said that he wants to yeah. get to the point? Um, here's an interesting thing though. He's got 14 world championships. If he wants to go to 50, that's a lot of years left. Number one on the five count, SB3. Should Randy Orton break John Cena slash Ric Flair's world title record? Should he get to 17 one day? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. No. I, 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 I wasn't as big a fan as, like, Chase. You know, respect to him. He's a good brother. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the authority run and didn't think that that, that title reign was as good good as you know his previous uh title runs like i said 2009 2011 with the world heavyweight championship i forgot to mention the, the legend killer run in like two from 2003 to 2004 like that feud with mick foley was tremendous but uh yeah as far as like breaking the record i think that cena should have that i think that C cena was the biggest star of this era of this generation and although that you know he's more of like a part-timer now if anybody's gonna break Rick Flair's record, I feel like it should be John Cena. I think that, you know, if Orton breaks it, it'd be more of just like a lifetime achievement award, which I'm be. all I'm all for, I'm all, you know, happy for him to get that lifetime achievement award and have him end with like something that he could say that he did over John Cena. That'd be great for him. But yeah, I I, I think I see the comment coming already. I think that if anybody's gonna rate this uh 16-time champion. It's going to be Charlotte Flair. It's yeah. going to be Charlotte as woman's champion. She's going to be the one that breaks it. I think that Orton, Orton does have the type of resume and the type of career that you could say that, yeah, he should. But do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't. I would love, and and Queen agrees, that uh, he shouldn't because Charlotte needs to break it because if she doesn't win, uh, you know, if she doesn't do it all, these winning these championships have kind of been for no reason. And even Charlotte will be saying there's been a lot of her title wins and title reigns that have felt kind of hollow 
Uh, and I think a lot of people would say that of this, this, this current run um, of hers as well. Um, you know, winning the belt off of Nikki A.S.H. And, you know, she was really just kind of get, get getting going with her championship run. And then they put it on Charlotte and it's just kind of been flat uh, from, from, from jump with Charlotte on that one. There is part of me that would like to see if they could figure out a way to do it. I would like to see 16 time world champion Randy Orton against 16 time world champion John Cena with the world championship on the line have a match for the record breaker. I think that would be really damn cool if they could figure out a way to make that happen. The problem is I don't know how much longer John Cena is going to be around. I think Randy Orton's got, you got plenty of time with Randy Orton. You would like to think you do with Randy Orton. I don't know how much time or how things would kind of line up to do that match with John Cena. <sighs> Part of me's thinking, yeah, and do it i know it would be like a lifetime achievement kind of a thing but i think orton deserves that recognition because he doesn't get that recognition i know he's already got a, a uh, an accomplishment sheet a mile long hang on i saved this earlier 14 time world champion first ever wwe world heavyweight champion youngest world heavyweight champion grand slam champion most matches in premium live event history. That still doesn't roll off the tongue very well. Two-time Royal Rumble winner, Money in the Bank winner, most matches in Raw history. I mean, the guy's resume reads fantastic, but he still doesn't get that damn respect. I think being a 17-time world champion is undamn deniable. Sorry, Cody Rhodes. Uh, and I think that would, I think he kind of has earned that. Do I think it's going to happen? Hell to the nah, I don't think it's going to happen. That is clear cut. Uh, if they're going to have anybody break Flair's record, it's going to be a Flair, and it's going to be Charlotte Flair. There, is, I do kind of have an issue, because if memory serves me correct, SP3, wasn't the last time that John Cena won the world championship, wasn't it that hot potato stage leading up to Orton winning it at WrestleMania over Bret Early 2017, where he beat AJ Styles at Royal Rumble 2017 which is in John Cena's top five best matches that he's ever had. Uh, and uh, then Cena lost it to Bray Wyatt in the Elimination Chamber. And then Bray Wyatt lost it to Orton at WrestleMania 33 after Orton burned his his uh, childhood house down with his yeah. sister soul in it. And yeah. Oh, and don't forget what happened a month later. Jinder freaking Mahal uh, won the WWE Championship. So the fact there that John Cena's record-breaking 16th reign was lost in all of that is so short-sighted on WWE's part. One of these two guys, whether it's Cena or Orton, needs to get to 17. You can have Charlotte get to 18. I don't give a dang. You can make this like Sammy Sosa and and uh, Mark McGuire in 1998. All right, give me the damn home run, Chase. You can have somebody break it, and then somebody surpass him. I don't care. There you it's go. Just, you want, the, you, want, you want Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, <laughs> a.k.a. Orton and John Cena. Uh, to answer uh, Ace's question, uh, Charlotte is considered 13 times because yes. they don't consider the NXT Women's Championship in her in her multiple times. Because if, if that was the case, I think she would be 14 or 15 yeah. times. Remember that they have been so weird with Charlotte's like title count because it has constantly have. gone up and down and up and down. It's like, well, are we counting the NXT world championship? Well, we don't really count it for anybody else because otherwise Shinsuke Nakamura would be a world champion by now, but you don't count, you don't credit him as a world champion. So it's like, so we're not going to count those. Oh, but we were also counting the women's tag team titles for a brief time there. Well, we can't count. Her count went from like 15 down to 11 up to 13. Now it's hard to keep track so much that even she has had to cut promos saying what her actual number is. And it's changed multiple times, ladies and gentlemen. They, they do count the Divas Championship run, by the way. They do count the Divas Championship run. So she is a 13-time uh, world champion, and she will definitely get to 17, maybe even by the end of this year. Who knows? Um, all right, so we do have a current undisputed world heavyweight champion. Wouldn't really know it by his booking or lack thereof since he won the big match at WrestleMania. But watching... SmackDown the last couple of weeks, I have been all for them shining a spotlight on Randy Orton and Matt Riddle and the Usos and this tag team division because tag team wrestling is awesome and it's nice to see WWE put some stock in it. 
But they have this undisputed world heavyweight champion who has been rumored to still be headlining WrestleMania Backlash, which is all of, oh, like 10 days away, something like that, little little under two weeks away. Headlining against who, SP3? So this is my question. Finish this sentence. Roman Reigns' next challenger for the Universal Championship should be fill in the blank. I've been saying this since after WrestleMania when Roman won the Undisputed Universal Championship. It should be Drew McIntyre. We we said after WrestleMania 38 that they set up two different challengers on each show. You know, we knew that Cody would probably be the challenger for down the line, most likely SummerSlam. So you couldn't go to him immediately, but you had Bobby Lashley get a big win on Monday Night Raw over Omos, and you had Drew McIntyre kick out of end of days and beat Happy Corbin uh, at WrestleMania as well. So Drew McIntyre should have been the guy. They should have started this feud right on the SmackDown after WrestleMania. I don't know why they decided to have him waste time with Sami Zayn and book the same finish three weeks in a row to get us to a cage match. I don't understand that. I never will. But it should be Drew McIntyre because Drew and Roman Reigns had a great matchup at Survivor Series 2020. You want to go back to that. And you can set this up as a chase. It doesn't have to be just one and done like a lot of Roman Reigns challengers. You can build this up where Roman needs help from the bloodline to get the victory. And then Drew can keep chasing. And if you want Drew to be the guy to win the Undisputed Universal Championship, you can save that for the the UK pay-per-view and have that be the big blow off and make that a cage match or some stipulation that you have in the UK. And he can win it in front of the, the people because he is the major reason of anybody in the WWE today of the reason why this UK pay-per-view is happening. I think that would be very appropriate. So it should be uh, Drew McIntyre. I don't understand why it hasn't already been confirmed yet because like you said, SmackDown has been missing something with the fact that they haven't established who is next in line for Roman Reigns. I there's there's part of me that thinks they're they're kind of building toward it and i kind of respect it in a way because so often so many title feuds are just set up by hey i got next and i hate that i've i've absolutely ragged on that in the past of like oh i haven't won a match in six months but i'm challenging you for the universal championship because i want to as i pull my headphone cord out again uh but anyway so i can't hear anything that's going on but I'll, i'll finish my diatribe and then i'll fix that but um I absolutely hate that. So for me, this all comes down to timing. If you're trying to get a match together for backlash, which again is like 12, 13 days away, I think it has to be Drew McIntyre. And I think you can, they kind of laid the seeds and started working that this past Friday when Sami Zayn went to the bloodline to ask them to get involved in his match with Drew McIntyre and he said Drew McIntyre and Orton and Riddle were talking crap about the bloodline and they started mixing him into those storylines now all of a sudden they have a cage match after you know chaos ensued in the lumberjack match last Friday now they have a cage match here now the bloodline could get involved this Friday on Smackdown and you could start setting something up between Roman and Drew that way and if that's going to be your catalyst for getting them on the WrestleMania backlash card cool sign me up for it if you're not going to have a world title match at backlash and you're going to wait until the next pay-per-view i think you set it up with the tag team title match and randy orton be the next guy i think that would make a ton of sense to where roman wanting to make sure that the bloodline gets all the gold at wrestlemania backlash costs rk bro that match allowing the usos to unify the tag team titles and then all of a sudden you get a pissed off red hot massively over babyface Randy Orton going up against Roman Reigns, the top dog, the best he's ever been in his entire career. That Either one of those are feuds that could last you the entire summer until you get to SummerSlam where hopefully Cody Rhodes beats Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. That's my end game in this situation. But I think you got two clear-cut choices between Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. But again, it's all about timing, SP3. Now let me fix my headphones. 
Yeah, I think it's all about timing, and I don't think the time is now because Randy Orton is hot as a tag team. Uh, I think that this is not going to be in this tag team with RK Bro with Riddle. I think that it's not the time for him to be on his own and going after, you know, singles go just yet, just yet. Just yet. I think that he could be a great challenger for, you know, down the road, maybe Hell in a Cell, maybe after they get through their stadium shows, or maybe even Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank is another stadium show where you don't have, you know, the the per the pitch perfect uh challenger for Roman Reigns at that specific pay-per-view. You know, SummerSlam could be Cody Rhodes. If they want another big challenger and Roman Reigns survives Cody Rhodes, you can do Drew McIntyre at the UK pay-per-view, but you have the money in the bank right before that why not save orton for there i would love for you know orton and riddle to have a little bit of a feud with the usos you know not just have this title feudification and then they go to separate ways and then sure. rk bro breaks up like they do all the women's tag teams you know yeah. they should keep them together Easy. just for a little bit maybe do the hell and maybe make that a tag team hell in a cell it's been a while since they did like the tag team hell in a cell do that it's, it's been since new day and the usos which was yeah. now five years ago so why not do rk bro versus the usos you know the usos can have a great hell in a cell match i would love for that to be the hell in a cell match in june i love the idea of drew mcintyre and and roman reigns at the uk pay-per-view but the caveat to that is what do they do with tyson fury is tyson fury the the angle that they do for that uk show and Chase bringing up an idea here of setting up, you know, Roman or uh, using Roman and Drew to potentially set up a match with Tyson Fury. Fury, who is reportedly retiring, at least he said it's his last fight, but says he could show up at SummerSlam. He could show up, you know, anywhere in WWE. That might be an angle that they go there. So depending on what they plan to do with the Gypsy King, that could alter plans for what they have going on with the Tribal Chief. Yeah, I mean, uh, I will I will be honest. I've already read spoilers, so I think that Drew McIntyre is going to be the next challenger very soon. Sooner rather than later. I don't think they're going to save it off for the UK pay-per-view. And like I said, from the very beginning since after WrestleMania 38, I want Cody Rose to win Money in the Bank yes. in the stadium in Las Vegas and call his shot against Roman Reigns and beat Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. So this whole Roman versus Drew is a figurative thing if Roman Reigns survives Cody Rose. If you're going through my head and my booking, then Cody's winning the title at SummerSlam, and then he converts maybe a UK star at, at the UK pay-per-view. Absolutely. A lot of... A lot of for once, there's a lot of possibilities of about what's what's coming up. Again, they did a really, really good job coming out of WrestleMania of at least setting up options. They just haven't gone to one yet, which is like the weird thing. And maybe Roman just wanted to take a little time off. Cool. I completely understand that. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, moving forward. I have not read the spoilers yet uh, for, for SmackDown, which was taped last week, because for whatever reason, they're not doing a SmackDown live in the UK, which usually they... They tape those and then air them later. I don't Which know why. Which is always one of their hottest crowds. It is. Like, I, I don't, don't know what understand. they're doing. I don't understand why you you have a tired crowd that just saw two hours of your first SmackDown, which wasn't the the most thrilling episode of In SmackDown, Albany. and then In you Albany. and they were they were already dead for that episode. Imagine how man we're gonna hear so much can pop and can <laughs> can crowd noise on this show on Friday especially when they're running back a lot of the matches that were on the show previously. At least one we've seen four weeks in a row now with Sami Zayn and Drew McIntyre. Whew. Love those guys. Man, it's tough when, you, when you're running four matches in a row and the first three were all exactly the same. Sami just trying to haul ass out, out of the arena. Let's try to make some sense of this, SP3. Um, reports are that WWE has signed one breath to Hitman Hart to a very lucrative contract, which will allow him to work indie shows. So he's going to be allowed to manage FTR there. But after a lot of teases, you know, with Dash and or uh, Dash and Dax talking about possibly bringing in Brett the Hitman Hart as the uh, as their manager in AEW, that is not going to happen because he has signed this deal with WWE now. Don't know what he's going to be doing, if anything. Probably nothing, as we alluded to at the top of the show. So I'll ask you, is this is this a smart play on WWE's 
part to just go ahead and sign Bret Hart to this big deal and keep him from going to AEW? Is this a smart play for WWE to do this? Um, yeah, I mean, they want to do anything, regardless of what they say on conference calls. WWE has made it clear, especially in recent months, AEW is competition to them. They said it in a damn lawsuit against Major League Wrestling. So you can't you can't yeah. never erase that. That's in the that's in the law. That's in that's, that's in, in the annals documents. of history, ladies that's and gentlemen. That's in the annals of history. You said that they have become a viable competitor in this in this uh this whole wrestling business. So you can't deny it anymore. The next question that you get at a conference call and you say that they're not competition, we're gonna call you a bold faced liar, or you you either lied there or you lied in court documents i mean i'd rather you had lied in the conference call than court documents so they are competition here so you want to stop a wwe hall of famer and wwe legend like bret hart from working with them and it would have and you kind of saw the signs was already there with ftr kind of backing away they're not doing as much as the references as they were before for bret hart like they were doing sharpshooters and matches against cm punk but now they haven't they've stopped doing it so i think it is a smart play on wwe's part to keep him close to the best hopefully they do come up with ways to use him like because you don't have you know british bulldog passed away you don't have him for the uk pay-per-view uh why not use Bret Hart in that way? Have him appear in front of the fans, you know, have him be a special guest referee, maybe for the main event. If you want to do Tyson Fury versus Drew McIntyre, I would love for Bret Hart to be the special guest referee and use him in some type of way for this. So obviously WWE views AEWS competition. So anything they can do to keep anyone that has that much history with the company and especially with AEW doing the Owen Hart tournament, it's a smart move on their part. The other thing that I found interesting about this is that AEW never contacted Bret Hart to be a part of the Owen Hart tournament in any way, shape or form as a presenter, as, as anything. Never even picked up the phone and called him reportedly, which is mind-boggling here. So from that angle where they have all of these things that AEW is trying, <laughs> as SP3 has just got the guests rolling in, um, you know, AEW, it seems like they're they're trying to set up all this kind of stuff for Bret Hart, but never really contacted Bret Hart to bring him in. In that way, yeah, AEW kind of has some egg on their face now. So, you know, WWE from that standpoint, yeah, this is kind of like... Uh, Sorry about your luck kind of a thing. But at the same time, I'm sitting here and I'm going, what would Bret Hart really do in, in AEW? Like, he would be a manager. And I'm sitting here and I'm going, do I really tune into shows to see a manager? And part of me is going, not, not really. You know, I don't tune in going, man, I can't wait to see what Tully and Taz and, and, and Vicky Guerrero and this and the other thing Dan Lambert do tonight on the show. But then again, Paul Heyman, William Regal. Hell yeah, I tune in to see Don, Don Callis. When Don Callis was with, yeah. with the Kenny Kenny Omega, he was one of the best parts of the show. Taz yeah. Taz has kind of taken a step back, but you see him on, on AEW Rampage, and he's one of the better parts of that commentary team that gets a little cluttered from time to time, but him pitting the shine on either Hook, on either uh, Ricky Stark, Powerhouse Hobbs, is always fun to do. So yeah, they can be managers that are hooks, and Bret Hart just being involved in the Owen Hart Cup would have been a lot of fun. And I think that yeah. it came down. I think the reason why AEW didn't ask him is that they probably looked into it and found out WWE was already in talks and making their play based on the references that they were doing. They saw the signs and the breadcrumbs being laid out and they were like, you know what? Swoop. Let's take him out of the play. Here's uh, here's the other thing right there. It, I find it very non-coincidental. That there are reports, and I and FTR doesn't need a manager. I agree with you, Ace. Uh, there, there, we have reports that WWE wants to bring in FTR once their contract is up in a year. Now they sign Bret Hart. Could this be used as kind of a negotiating tactic for if FTR does hit the open market, saying, "Hey, look, all that stuff you wanted to do with Bret Hart and AEW, why don't you come over and do it for us in WWE?" Would that be a way that they could get FTR back over? It's smart. It, it's smart. It's smart on their play. If they're interested in FTR, why not just dangle the Bret Hart carrot right in yep. front of them and be like, hey, you wanted Bret Hart to be your manager? You want to be associated with Bret? We can make it happen here.
Big breaking news. Elon Musk is going to buy Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter while it's still a thing. Uh, at Rick Uccino, R-I-C-K-U-C-C-H-I-N-O, and at True Heel SP3 as it's written on the screen. Uh, appreciate all you guys joining us so far. Make sure to get your comments in. Uh, like, share, subscribe, pound that subscribe button, guys. It really, really helps us out. And hit that thumbs up button as well. That helps grow our audience uh, as well. A couple more here as we round out uh, this afternoon's show. Uh, reports that SP3 talking about something that AEW does fairly well. All right. I'd say a lot of these rankings are set up via the shows that not a lot of people watch, but still they have a ranking system and it serves a purpose. WWE sent out a survey recently to some select fans asking about certain things. And that includes bringing back some form of a ranking system. This is something that they have done before very briefly. And then it, Oh boy, disappeared into the wind. So SP3 should WWE bring back some form of a ranking system in the near future for its superstars. Um, this is another instance of WWE saying one thing and then doing another. <laughs> like, like they, like I said, they said on the conference call, AEW is not competition, and then setting court documents. AEW is in fact a competitor. And now they 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 told us before the reason why you know some of your favorites don't get wins is because wins and losses don't matter. And now they're thinking about bringing back a ranking system like that that ranking system that happened when when Daniel Bryan <laughs> Daniel Bryan was SmackDown uh, general manager. It seems like so far so long ago, and it only lasted like a couple of weeks. Like it didn't even last that long, and it didn't even make too much sense i if they're gonna do any type of ranking system i would like them to go back to like the power rankings that they used to do on the website because that used to be fun to kind of look at to see how they rank the the wrestlers and it was more based on like the people that work on the website more than it was the the writers and you know the creative creative people in wwe so or something voted on by the fans make it different from what aew is doing make it something yeah. voted on by the fans not based on wins or losses because like you said wins and wins and losses don't matter make it more of who's the most popular that's how the ranking system can be so if if the question is should they yeah why not if they wanted to do some kind of audience weekly thing look top 10 lists, things like that. Those do really, really well on social media. If they want to do some kind of a fun play on that and, and get their WWE universe involved. Sure. Have fun. I think that's something that they could actually just like their social media team would keep up with, you know, top 10 moments of the week rankings, do something like that. Get the audience involved. Some form of cyber Sunday level involvement here. Yeah. Do that. That's great. Cyber Sunday, that's another thing I can't believe they haven't brought back in today's social media uh, uh, world. But still, I digress. That makes a ton of sense to me. If you want to bring back a ranking system as far as here's our number one contender, this, that, and the other thing, I don't have any, any confidence that WWE will keep up with that whatsoever. Because again, how many times have we seen people like a Seth Rollins lose lose? three straight feuds and then say I'm next for the WWE universal championship or WWE championship. They don't go by wins and losses. If you want to do a ranking system based off of wins and losses, how about we actually start off small and have wins and losses matter and see if we can keep up for that for a few weeks. And then we can explore a ranking system. All right. But they're going to start this and then they're going to realize Oh, oh crap but how is how could this guy be ranked number two if he's lost like three weeks in a row and then vince is gonna say screw it forget the ranking system forget we ever said it forget we ever talked about it just pretend like it never happened all right like we we've talked to dutch mantel on redacted so many times uh about you know vince changing his mind and pretending like things don't exist all right he would do this with the rankings within a month i guarantee you he would do it within a month so no you want to do something fun with your audience great you want to do a ranking system to determine contenders i don't recommend it because i don't have faith that you're going to keep up with it and this is the answer to another survey they did they they asked fans what if anything they liked about aew dynamite and this was the thing the thing that gets criticized the most about AEW. one of the things that gets yeah. criticized most about aew their ranking system this is the thing they took away from that survey i mean 
hey, I'm all for new things in WWE. That's why I'm going with yes. Hey, as long as they try, right? Like, try. That, that's all we ask because so often they get criticized for being lazy and not trying and just doing what they want. Just try. You know, make an attempt. An attempt was made. That's all we ask for with WWE. It's a very low bar. It's a very low bar. Uh, SP3, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm actually pretty excited for Monday Night Raw tonight. Uh, apparently, we're going to get Maybe not one, not two, not even three, but maybe four uh, surprise returns. Uh, Fightful Select uh, reporting that we might be getting two surprise returns tonight. One we know is going to happen. Becky Lynch will be making her first televised appearance since losing the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania 38. So obviously I'm very excited for that because I'm Raw has been missing something. And it's been her the last three weeks, in my opinion. She brings a lot to the show. So I'm looking forward to roll your eyes all you want. She's she's the best. She's the goat. Um so I, I'm looking, I think Raw's been all right. I even had I had this conversation on Twitter with Louis Dangore. It's been the better show since before oh, WrestleMania. And then no since WrestleMania, they've added Cody Rose. So it's still the better of, of the shows no going question. on. No, no question. No question. Still doesn't mean that it hasn't been missing something. Uh, so I'm looking forward to her being on the show tonight, but Fightful Select is reporting that there could be two, and I'm stalling here because we might be getting a third update from Fightful Select in moments about somebody who could be showing up on the show tonight, but let's talk about the two that Sean Rossap has already reported on. One, Asuka could be making her return tonight. Sorry, spoiler alert, by the way, for anybody <laughs> who didn't want to know. Uh, Asuka may be making her return tonight to start off a non-title feud with Becky Lynch. Okay. That gets me incredibly excited because those two work absolutely incredibly with one another. There is nobody who has gone out of their way more to make Asuka feel like a big deal and a marquee badass opponent in their entire in her entire run on the main roster than Becky Lynch has. Becky Lynch has mad respect for Asuka and she makes sure to go out of her way to tell people how freaking awesome she is. Uh, and for a while there, Asuka was her white whale. She just could not get over Asuka. And then eventually she beat her and she's beat her a lot now. Uh, but there's a lot of meat there that they can dive off of with Asuka being the one that she handed the championship to. And then by the time Becky Lynch comes back, Asuka's not the champion anymore. And Bianca Belair has, has risen to new heights. And now Bianca's stolen her title. I could see some kind of backroads wonkiness in Becky's mind where she kind of blames Asuka for Bianca's rise. Like Asuka didn't rise to the occasion and keep somebody like Bianca Belair low, low down on the totem pole. And now all of a sudden all hell's broken loose and Becky's lost everything. I could see in her twisted way how she could blame Asuka with that. So I think there's a lot of ways that they could go with that. I'm very excited to see that if that comes to fruition. The other name is the one that I will believe it when I see it, SP3. And that is the fact that there has at least been a pitch that has been made to one Mustafa Ali to make his return to WWE as a member of Monday Night Raw because, of course, SmackDown doesn't need anybody. Jesus. Put Mustafa Ali back on Monday Night Raw after he requested his release from the company in January and said, uh-uh, I ain't coming back. Even multiple times said, look, I don't want a Royal Rumble appearance. I want my release, I believe, was a, a tweet that I saw from one Mustafa Ali. So with those two uh, potential appearances in mind tonight, SP3, which one has you more excited to tune into Monday Night Raw? Mustafa Ali. If Mustafa Ali is going to show up, I am ready to see what they're going to do, which I believe is going to be they're going to bring out they're going to bring him in a new gimmick and they are going to proceed to squash him. They're going <laughs> to proceed to to beat whatever cuz they learned their lesson from FTR to Brody Lee to Pack you don't let these people sit on the sidelines and wait for their release too, too long because they come back and they become a star on somebody else's television. So they, they are, they know that they have to just beat him to death. So he is not considered a star anymore, that he's lower down than he is perceived right now. And that's what I think they're bringing him back for. Um, I'm just interested to see what they're going to do. If it is that, 
I'm interested to see the reaction from social media. I've told you once, I'll tell you before, I'm an agent of chaos and I love chaos. Asuka is one of my favorite WWE superstars of the past decade. I think that she is one of the best female wrestlers in the world, best characters, best look, best everything. But I am more interested in what they're going to do with Mustafa Ali. Here's the thing about Mustafa Ali, all right? I don't think they would do the whole bring him back and squash him thing because he would never return to television. He would never agree to return to TV to do that. The whole reason why he's sitting at home and not, well, presumably he's collecting a check because he's still under contract, but he could be under breach of contract. I don't know how those things work. But the whole reason why he ain't at work wrestling on main event every other week against Mansoor right now is because he was pissed off about his creative direction. So if he's coming back, it's going to be because WWE finally gave him something that's worthy of coming back. I'm excited for either one of them. Asuka and Becky, they always make magic together. And, you know, like I'm all for more marquee non-title women's feuds because we don't have enough of them. We just don't have enough of them, which is why I'm excited that Becky's out of the title picture, at least for now, because we know they're going to showcase her. Then again, I thought the same thing about Charlotte, and then we ended up getting Charlotte, Lacey Evans, and Ric Flair. So uh, be careful what you wish for, all right? Just be careful what you wish for. But that said, I think I would choose Mustafa Ali in this situation because if he does come back on television, that means they gave him something worthy of coming back. And I think back to that tweet where he said, how about the American Nightmare versus the real American nightmare where they can have some form of that Mustafa Ali character that he was wanting to portray, but they shot down. So maybe they made a creative pitch to him. That makes a ton of sense that he, that jazzes him up. That gets him back. If you paid attention to his Instagram, if you paid attention to his Twitter, he's been, been keeping in great shape. He is jacked uh, beyond all belief. Now, as far as Mustafa Ali standards is concerned. So he's, he's a little bit bigger. So maybe Vince sees a little bit more value in him now that he's not scrawny, tiny man anymore. So, yeah, if Mustafa Ali shows back up, sign me up. Uh, by the way, don't get too terribly excited about that fourth person I mentioned because apparently, according to Fightful Select, spoiler alert, they're in Knoxville tonight. So, of course, Kane's going to be on the show. Yes. Hey, yes. The conquering yes. hero. We, we do appreciate you guys uh, for tuning in for the entire 51 minutes of this half hour podcast. Thank you so, so much uh, for joining us on this special uh, live edition. Sound off in the comments. Let us know what you think about these live shows because uh, we are uh, constantly focusing on what you guys would prefer. Uh, do you like the 7 a.m. show on a Monday where we, we recap the weekend? So do you like us waiting until the afternoon where you guys can kind of get involved with the show? Uh, let us know in the comments. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, you can you can email me if I can remember what my believe email is. Hang on. It is rick.believe at gmail.com. You can always hit me up there uh, as well. We're uh, considering adding a mailbag uh, se uh, segment to this show at some point throughout the week. Other than that, SB3 and I will be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. in our regular slot to talk about all these potentially big returns and so much more that's going down on Monday Night Raw tonight. Plus. Got to talk about one thing we didn't get a chance to talk about today, and that is one Mr. Don't Call Me Austin Theory and his reported John Cena-level push that is on the horizon. We'll see what's up for the new United States champ tonight first. We'll talk about that tomorrow. I don't know if that's much of a hook to get you to come back tomorrow. We'll see how much of a draw you are, Mr. Theory, if that is. No, it isn't your real name. You've been listening to the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast live edition here. The Believe in Pro Wrestling YouTube channel brought to you by Bet Online. Take care, guys. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Monday. What day is it? Monday. Yep, that's it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.